Hey, it's Gabe. I want to recommend a podcast I think you'll enjoy called What Could Go Right. On What Could Go Right, the hosts, Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and Executive Director Emma Varva-Lucas, sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues. They look back at how far society has come and look forward to what it will take to achieve a brighter future. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, listen to What Could Go Right wherever you get your podcasts. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that shines a light on the lesser-known figures of everyday history. I'm Gabe Lusier, and today we're looking at the hard-knock life of Francois Villon, the wandering poet-slash-career criminal who left his mark on French literature by questioning his place in the world. The day was January 5th, 1463. The Parlement of Paris sentenced medieval poet Francois Villon to ten years of banishment from the city. The poet's crime was his involvement in a violent brawl on the Rue de la Parche Minerie, a historic street in the center of the Parisian book trade at the time. A decade-long exile may seem like an extreme punishment for a simple street fight, but Villon had crossed the law many times before and had spent much of his youth in and out of French prisons. The brawl was the last straw for Paris officials, and their sentence was originally much harsher, condemning the poet to be, quote, hanged and strangled until dead. Villon appealed that sentence, and at the last minute was saved by a pardon from King Louis XI. His punishment was commuted to ten years of banishment, but once the poet left the French capital, he disappeared from the historical record and was never seen or heard from again. What little we know of Villon's life comes from his own poetry and from the research of a 19th century French scholar named Auguste Longnon. He dug up numerous historical documents concerning Villon, most of which were judicial records relating to his many criminal exploits. Villon was apparently born in Paris in 1431, the same year that Joan of Arc was burned at the stake. Orphaned at an early age by his impoverished parents, Villon was raised by a foster father, from whom he took his surname. He became a student of the arts in his teenage years, and later earned both a bachelor's and a master's degree from the University of Paris. Not much is known about what Villon did for the first three years following his graduation, 
but he emerged again in dramatic fashion on June 5, 1455, when he was arrested for killing a drunken priest in a bar brawl in Paris. Villon fled the city to escape punishment, but it turned out he needn't have bothered. The priest had forgiven his killer on his deathbed, and Villon was later granted a royal pardon, a recurring theme in the young poet's life. Francois Villon returned to his home in Paris in early 1456, but before the year was out, he was on the run again. Just before Christmas, he was implicated in the theft of 500 gold crowns from a coffer at the Collage de Navarre, and was compelled to leave Paris once again. Around the same time, possibly just after the robbery, Villon wrote one of the most famous poems of his career. He titled it Le Lay, or The Legacy, but it's better known today by the title assigned by his editors, Le Petit Testament. The poem takes the form of a tongue-in-cheek list of bequests, a kind of will addressed to friends and acquaintances just ahead of his hasty departure from the city. Among the sarcastic offerings were clippings of his hair, bequeathed to the local barber, and his personal sword, a gift to the clerk of criminal justice, although he would have had to pony up some cash to claim it, as Villon had already pawned his sword. Following his second flight from Paris, Villon continued to get himself into trouble. He was imprisoned in Bourges for much of 1457, and in the summer of 1461, he got locked up again, that time in the Bourbonnais region. Villon made the most of his incarceration that year, using his free time to pen his longest and perhaps most famous work, Le Grand Testament. In the more than 2,000-line poem, Villon laments his wasted youth in the bars and brothels of Paris. Although he was only 30 years old at the time, he expresses immense fear of sickness, old age, and death, a common theme in a time racked by pestilence, plague, and war. The poet also mournfully reflects on former friends, lost loves, and partners in crime, many of whom he had made bequests to in his earlier work. Despite some of the names being the same, though, Villon's tone is much more melancholy and regretful here than it was in Le Lay. In one stanza, he claims he would gladly die for his transgressions if it would benefit the common good, but then concludes it would make no difference, as people like himself have no effect on society one way or the other. As he put it, quote, If the world were bettered by my death or story left untold, I would condemn myself to die for misdemeanors manifold. Yet I bring no harm to young or old, alive or dead, in either case. A man so needy never rolled a mountain from its resting place. Villon seemed keenly aware of the destructive path he was on, but felt powerless to change direction. That sense of doomed resignation led him to make the same bad choices following his release from prison in the fall of 1461. Shortly after returning to Paris, Villon was arrested again for robbery, and in the following year, he was condemned to death for his role in a drunken brawl. His eventual pardon and subsequent banishment from Paris is the last known record of Francois Villon. No one knows what he did next, or when, where, or how his life came to an end. However, the legacy of his life, checkered though it was, lived on through his poetry. Several of his manuscripts were discovered shortly after his disappearance in 1463. 
The first printed collection of his work was published in Paris nearly three decades later, and since then, more than a hundred other editions have followed. Today, Villon is probably the best-known French poet of the Middle Ages, set apart by his direct emotional appeals, by his talent for acrostics, and by his use of thieves' slang, also known as thieves' cant. Villon's criminal acts sometimes overshadow his remarkable contributions, both to the literary canon and to our understanding of what life was like in medieval Paris. His poems offer a fascinating look into the seedy underworld he moved in, but they also reveal a man grappling with the same fears and insecurities that still keep many of us awake at night, regardless of our respective social standings. In one poem, Villon described the sense of isolation he felt within his own society, and the feeling that he would forever remain out of step, unable to get ahead or to ever feel at peace. In my own country, I am in a far-off land, he wrote. I am strong, but have no force or power. I win all, yet remain a loser. At break of day, I say goodnight. When I lie down, I have a great fear of falling. The great irony is that by expressing his sense of detachment, Vion effectively linked himself to any reader who's ever felt the same way. In fact, all of the poet's doubts and fears, his obsession with what he would leave behind, his legacy, are the very things that still make him relatable today, nearly six centuries after his death. Chances are you've never killed a priest or robbed your alma mater, but if you've ever remembered something with regret, or felt the familiar pang of the old wound known as nostalgia, then you'll still find plenty to connect with in Vion's poetry. Because at one point or another, no matter how well we live our lives, we still all look back and wonder, just as he did. Où sont le neige d'antan? Where are the snows of yesteryear? I'm Gabe Lusier, and hopefully, you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you enjoyed today's show, consider keeping up with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, or you can get in touch directly by writing to this day at iHeartMedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. What are you looking for in a new smart TV? 4K picture quality? High quality and immersive sound? A sleek design? All of those are givens, but only the new Roku Pro Series has all of those and the Roku Streaming Experience, an award-winning OS. Get fast, easy access to all your apps like iHeart, where you can stream all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts all day, and regular all-inclusive trips to Roku City. The new Roku Pro Series, a smart TV built by the streaming pros. Hello, I'm Dr. Michael Mosley. And I want to let you know about my new immersive BBC Radio 4 podcast series, Deep Calm. It's all about how to tap into and activate a remarkable system that we all have, hardwired, inside of us, our relaxation response. And it's been developed to be listened to at any time you want to really unwind. I hope you'll listen wherever you get your BBC podcasts.
What's up, guys? This is Sean Lights Out Merriman, and Saturday, June 15th, Lights Out Extreme Fighting 17 returns to Casino Palma in San Diego. Get your tickets now at LightsOutXF.com, and we'll be live on Lights Out Sports TV, available on all major platforms. Doors open at 5 p.m. Pacific. You don't want to miss this one. It's going to be Lights Out. Lights Out Sports is free sports TV by athletes for fans. For details about the event and tickets, go to LightsOutXF.com.